I wanted to ask about equanimity yes, please, and yes. attention mm-hmm. with ethical with, with, <coughs> with the ethics that you so um, mm. put an emphasis on, mm. and how one can stay equ- equanimous, if mm. that's a word, um, yeah, and create a change. Mm. Did you have any particular reference or area in, in mind of change, ethics, and equanimity? Yes, I have three examples. Say, any I'll example or any any anything area in your life currently? Yeah, so so I'll say shortly two, and the third one is, is maybe most interesting. But, um, one was I was I was. I shared this with you a few years ago as part of a group that there was some sort of injustice, there was some sort of yes. very strong nepotism in a certain group, of, and I, and it was a Buddhist um, institution, and mm. it seemed like the, the, the attitude was just to walk away or to or to to mm. let it go, and mm. it felt that if there was no one to voice the voice, then mm. then it would just continue, and there would yes. be no no no, and 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 as soon as the voice was voiced, it, it created such a such a. It created. It was destructive to mm. some degree. Um, that's one example. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the other example, maybe, is on a political level from where I live in Israel. Um, I, I was still now involved in a certain movement that was very radical mm. and very um, strong in, in, in voicing an opinion against against the occupation. Yes. And, um, and I'm coming back, when I'm coming back right after this retreat, mm. I'm starting an involvement in a, in a different organization which is much more into containing all the different voices yes. and talking to the settlers mm. and I'm just wondering if, 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 if this equanimous um, attitude can really, can really make a difference and create a change. And I understand that if the, if the point is only enlightenment, not only, but if mm. the point is enlightenment, <laughs> Then, 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 equanimity is definitely a very, very strong tool. I would wish for more, but when yes. it's about about ethics and social change, it feels like it's too quiet an, an yes. attitude. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a good and valid uh, point. Um, quite often in um, our kind of circles. Um, equanimity finds itself confused in outlook with uh, acceptance that they, to be equanimous is to accept it has a certain passive flavour about it and it's very hard just to take the text for a moment to uh, there are only a few specific locations and they're very occasional where the word acceptance is actually used uh, there because it's an engaged uh, uh, teaching. In, I think it's important and valuable, by the way, to explore and shift groups, uh, especially in the political social sphere. Um, I want to ask, in the new group that you are explorer exploring or giving support to are the leaders or the participants in that group do they know what it means to work on themselves do they have a background of inner work 
That means no. Does it, does it mean no? No, it means, that, it means that I'm not familiar with them well not enough. Not familiar, yes. all right. I would assume they do, but I'm not exactly sure what you mean. No, all right. In which specific okay. direction you mean. Okay, so what I mean by that is, in the uh, political activist world, which we're uh, uh, talking about, it's very, very easy to get on the moral high throne about one's view, even if it's the right view. And with that, very easy, the unresolved issues inside start to come out, and a very common one is being angry. And the anger is the problem. The very anger initially, the divisions, the wars, the conflict is all the anger. And then the groups come along with the anger there. If people don't know what it means to work on themselves, the anger will be consistently justified. And the one-liner, which is frequently used, we have a right to be angry. And this puts off many, many people from having any connection with political activists because of their anger. Is your sense of what you know so far with the group that you plan to connect with, are there some skills in working with the anger and replacing it with ethics, non-violence and equanimity? What's so, your sense? So again, I don't know what to say about them, but I could talk about myself. I, feel, right like, I feel like without the anger, you sort of fall asleep. <laughs> there you are. There's something about anger that that, that generates action, that generates motivation. Yes, and, um, and, and generates harmful, abusive, damaging, and very dangerous views. I, I, does, does one really have to rely upon anger for action? Is it, could it be that the angry ones, and you and I know plenty, and, you know, from myself, plenty around, could it be that the angry ones are the ones who actually really are asleep? They're the ones who are asleep. Why do you say that? Eh? Why do you say that? I mean, it sounds nice, but why do you say that? Because I mean it. To give an example, a little bit political this evening, you're tired, once I go to sleep, but <laughs> everyone wonder. Sticks in my mind because I just um, was doing something from this. Years ago, 10, 15 years ago, because the British government is one of the most uh, violent governments on the earth with a horrendous history of war making in this world, <coughs> and it still continues, I wrote a, um, a proposal detailed for, to establish in the British government the Ministry for Peace. So to have a different view from the Ministry for Defence and the Ministry for the Army, to have another view to resolve conflict other than just killing people. And so I had some meetings with some members of Parliament the head of the House of Lords, which is this unelected 
chamber in the it was a woman, the daughter of a previous Prime Minister, and she said to me, Christopher, the most difficult people to talk with are peace activists. They come to see us and they come in so aggressive, so angry, so self-righteous, we just withdraw. Not only is anger, self-righteousness, bullying and aggression unethical in its mode, but it's utterly counterproductive. And unfortunately, you're not the only one, will have the view of the extreme. If I'm not angry, I go to sleep. There has to be a middle way between those two. And people like yourself, not only have, do you have to know it well, but somehow in the communications with the like-minded, to explore that, because it is a commonly held view. What's your response? I agree with you, and I think it's it's a difficult uh, position to hold. But yes. I, what I would like to ask, where where the energy of the middle way comes from? Yeah. It's not the anger. What replaces the anger? Because it feels that when it's lacking, there, there's something lacking yes. in, yes. The, in the discourse, yeah. in, the, in the movement. So, where there is anger, there is passion, it enters into the voice, it enters into the body language, whatever. But it's corrupted and stained with negativity and blame. So the passion is there, but it's infiltrated with abuse, attacks, criticism, fault-finding, etc. And that passion is weakened due to the anger. The anger doesn't generate the passion. The anger makes it more short-lived. And the outcome of that is, with 50 years of experience as an act in activism, apart from the monkeys, the angry activists do not last very long. They don't last. They're, they're intense for days, weeks, months, or uh, years, and like much else, they fade. And there's a huge dropout rate of the angry ones because they can't maintain this angry energy, and what happens is it goes into the rest of their life. <coughs> into their personal life, into their family life, towards their parents. So they're dumping it on the other, whoever the other, the government. Or the, but it, it's not contained there. It goes elsewhere. There is a great need for great passion, for sure. Conviction and justice and the voice. 
and that can be engaged in on a sustained way throughout one's life and not have this violent anger in it and these teachings are about that and and that's where the, the equanimity is the absence of the anger the blame, the attacks, the abuse and the equanimity is also an equanimity in which one is not dependent on the outcome because some of us are engaged in the exploration uh, with conviction with our concerns and we know we will never see the outcome we'll be pushing up the daisies as we say so outcome is the the passion and the compassion for the conviction and that absence absence of anger is called equanimity get it? I hope so. I hope so. Me too. Yeah, yeah. I do say it needs it needs to be part of the discourse. Yeah, having been I mean having been organ organizer, having been Green Party candidate, having been in loads of campaigns and loads of demos over over my life, you know, and and still protesting uh, there. We, collective we, the benefits that we have, we have the capacity to look inwardly and outwardly. We have the capacity, as you're doing here and regularly uh, here with the retreats, to really work, look at what's happening inside, be mindful, take an interest in ethics and equanimity, see what's unethical and harmful and angry and violent and then conserve the passion for God's sake don't go to sleep that, that, that's a living death you know, it's, it is a teaching of waking up after all <laughs> we're going to wake up with the energy not wake up with the anger we need passion right brother thank you thank you, thank you. <coughs> Let's just have a couple of quiet minutes and I'll give a short reflection.
space of uh, I'm smiling to myself the space of a short <coughs> period of time anyone who listens this evening to the inquiry whatever. a rich taste of the Dharma and a rich taste of <coughs> India all together <laughs> lovely um The uh, um, opening inqui- uh, inquiry there to um, important uh, uh, areas. It's also important as well with regard to ourselves. It's not just the other. And at times, and I'm sure you're uh, one of those like myself, sometimes we just want to be alone. We do not want to see one other human being in this world of seven and a half billion of us. We just want to be out of the world of the others. We just like our aloneness, wherever it might be in our, in our home, or taking a walk in the forest, whatever it, it might be. And there is this love <coughs> of the absence of. And there are times as well in which we appreciate, and this is what Ulla is referring to, this connection with others and the friendships and the love and and the communication. And freedom, in a way, is the freedom which allows us to be alone and really love being alone and the same freedom to really love the good friendship and the good contact and association with others and have the freedom to move in both directions and with that being respectful and sometimes people who are in a very in a relationship and who are uh, uh, living together with all the dynamics that take place in the world that we uh, live in, sometimes it happens regularly that one partner, she or he, needs some time away from the other, needs to go on retreat, to go, to go travelling, to spend time in solitude or, or whatever. And hopefully the other partner um, can support that and recognising the time for aloneness uh, for the other uh, there and that's going to take a lot of exploration where parents don't have to be parents 24-7 7 days a week one parent can take care and the other parent can she he uh, travel or go on a retreat or whatever it might be it just requires friendship and cooperation there and sometimes the non-parents recognize that and enjoy spending time with kids and give support to families and allowing more fluidity in two people being together one going away and, and coming, coming back. And that requires a lot of uh, support. And sometimes the parents think, oh, if I go away, I'm neglecting the children. 
Sometimes the kids are really happy that one has gone away. <laughs> Give us a break, they're telling us uh, sometimes. And even though it might be very loving and friendly, and sometimes the children say, oh, I really love you, uh, I uh, miss you. But there's also recon recognition that uh, the parent needs some time for independence to explore something fresh and can come back home with lots of fresh stories and fresh communications and lots of things to share, uh, etc. We're human. We can do anything. Everything is possible. The old world of monks and nuns and householders and complete separation, that, 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 that world's in the East in some places. But we exploring and can find ways to be yogis on the retreat and to be mums and dads and to, and to be workers and to go into solitude for time. If we cooperate together we can, we can make all of these things possible. There's no limits to what we can offer each other. And that requires knowing each other, the friendships for each other. In the, uh, the world as Bello was uh, 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 telling us that there can be periods of time of cooperation with groups for change and we often do need the good skills and knowledge and expertise of others and we connect with them we learn a, a, a lot there's a, a wealth and it's the grassroots movement which will bring about change do not expect change from your prime ministers, your presidents, your uh, political, major political parties. The voices start with the people at grassroots level, women and men, and then through our campaigns it starts to go uh, to these others. It really, 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 really does it start from the top and come down. They are resistant to change because it, it means they have to change. So we work and we campaign and we have to be listen and learn from each other. <coughs> and sometimes just do things a little differently and just get a perspective and an understanding of why much of this world has no regard for the West. see what the West and what NATO is and they've many many have no regard ask the people in the villages there and is it surprising when our brothers and sisters in the Arab community we call keep talking about terrorism when we that is the West certain countries launch more than a thousand cruise missiles upon Baghdad alone. And we're talking about others being terrorists. The hypocrisy is just incredible what it is there. And I remember just because in that time when that was going on, friends said, What well, need to do something? And it was a Friday evening, it always sticks in my mind, in Totnes, a town of 8,000 people, but blessed with lots of activists plotting the downfall of the British government. <laughs> Bless. And 
said, we have to, we need to do something. And I said, well, we need a demo tomorrow morning. We can't wait. And uh, so I said, look, I send out the emails to the friends, the activists, etc. We'll meet outside the coffee shop at 9.30 on a Saturday uh, morning there and we walk up the high street. But I knew Friday evenings, like 9 o'clock, I thought to myself, how many people are going to come for a demonstration this is 12 hours later uh, there? So I said, look, I'll print up some photographs of bombs and da 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 and get a few leaflets, uh, brochures together and around 20 of us were there. So at that point, with the 20 of us uh, there, I thought, gosh, it's a short high street. It's going to be only going to take walking single file 15 minutes to get up the high street, <laughs> etc. But then Christopher, the mindfulness walking meditation teacher, jumped in. Aha, of course very slow <laughs> mindful walking in which the heels of one foot hardly go in front of the toes of, of the other it took about an hour to get up the high street and by the time we finished we had a couple of hundred people on that line there and people were looking and, and watching and a little bit info in the uh, local newspaper the following week uh, etc. Sometimes it's just doing something a little different a little strange and odd it's just and giving out our concerns about the war on the, uh, on the Arab communities and, and, and to me that's part of engagement and passion and uh, uh, exploration to help reduce and relieve suffering and that inner and outer world really has a close relationship together. Quiet minute together, just to finish.